This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Like the economy's terrible and the Fed is printing this money. And it was just such a disconnect between you know, real life and the stock market that I bought a put, and this is a few weeks ago, and immediately it just kept going up and I was like losing money. So I bought more. It just kept getting cheaper. The same October 2020 put, it just kept getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper as the market kept going up. So I just kept buying more of it. And then finally it just collapsed today. And now I'm, at, now I'm profitable, not by a ton, but I am. And I'm going to hold on to it because I'll probably have to delete this because it's too, too gloaty on the uh, downside, but it's pretty yeah, all, this, all the things I was reading was saying this was you know, obviously going to happen. Well, this cannot end well was a, was a common refrain. And yeah, wasn't it? I forget the exact stat, but it's something crazy. Like every important stock was up right over the until, you know, until the crash. But like it was like you could not name one that was down until the inevitable happened. Right. Well, they were like bankrupt stocks, like Hertz car rental going up and being traded. And I guess the idea was, the theory was that, and Goldman Sachs apparently put this out, that the Robin Hoodies, basically the people who were just retail investors, some of whom were just getting unemployment or stimulus checks, and they don't have work right now, and they're just all piling into this Robin Hood app and buying stocks. And collectively, they actually tapped out a couple of institutional shorts, at least according to this tweet that I read that Goldman Sachs, it was, a, it was a hearsay tweet. It was some guy quoting Goldman Sachs saying, the Robin Hoodies basically forced institutional shorts to cover and, and buy because they were pushing the prices up so much that the institutions couldn't hold on to the shorts. They were just bidding it up. But you had just so many, you know, whenever like the average guy starts trading stocks, that's when you're near a peak because they shouldn't be doing that. That's very risky. It's just Straight not up gambling. Only, hold on. Not only is the average guy doing that, but they're like to the point of bragging about it on social media too. You right. know it's bad then when you're that level, when you're bragging, you're so yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, you well Dave um, Portnoy wasn't helping. Uh, he was no, I, no. I, he was I, he, the guy's kind of a brilliant marketer. He's going on, he's saying, Oh, Warren Buffett's a moron. This is the easiest game in town. I'm making I'm printing money, and then all of his followers are buying the stocks that he's trading, and the whole market's going up. But of course, you know, and then all the shorts cover, and they so they're buying, and that it's going up even more. And then finally, when all the shorts so, capitulate, and they're like printing money, I guess we can't fight the Fed. All of a sudden, total collapse. And what happens when all these people who have made a couple thousand in profits or whatever they're making, thousands of people, tens of thousands maybe, 
uh, all try to get out at once. They all try to sell at once. They're like, okay, I better get out now. I made some money. Well, the exit is very small. And yeah. you can't all get out at once. You're going to crash the price. And that's what happened. I looked into Robinhood a little, and I, one thing I came away with is that's not the place to get Bitcoin. That's uh, for sure. They basically own your Bitcoin. Um, but I, uh, I, um, I want to say I, I will not defend Portnoy. It's a, it's a tough uh, stance to take. But do you know what happened to him and Goodell? I mean, what, what a nutless monkey. You know, he, you know he, he, he won a blind bid to watch a Monday night football game with Roger Goodell, spent 250000 And I knew they were going to come up with a reason. I'm like, yeah, guarantee that's not going to happen. And they said he failed the background check. So, right. so of course, that's well, the background I mean, check is like he tweets stuff that pisses a lot of people off. Right. And you have this right. moment where Goodell is trying to be the guy who cares all of a sudden, which is not very persuasive, but it is. I mean, at least is. they matched his donation. I was like, dude, if they took the set, who knows what second place was, you know, that would be horrible. At least they matched it. But still, that's, of course, I mean, Goodell, very, very frustrating. But congrats, uh, I guess, Liz, congrats. On, and you're in a good mood. That's always, that's always I'm nice. I'm in a good uh, mood because, and I actually think, like, it sounds... It sounds not very nice to say, well, I'm, I made money buying puts and I'm happy about that because, you know, what about everybody? And, and there are, everybody depends on the market now. It's, you know, I've quoted that guy, Ben Hunt, who's annoying. And I always say that because he's super annoying, but he makes good points occasionally. And one of them is that the market's a utility. So pension funds, uh, ret- people's retirement accounts, and people who uh, are retired, they used to just buy fixed income. They'd buy bonds and get four or 5% and live off the, the interest. But now that bonds are at zero, old people cannot do that. And they would always say, when you're old, don't be in the market because the market could draw down 10 or 15%, 20% just when you need it most, right? It's only good for the long-term people, the people who can leave the money in for 20, 30 years. It's never good for the uh, people who, who need to spend the money now. So it's, it's, it is bad for those people, but it's also the fakest thing ever that they're printing money for the stock market and people who are in the actual economy are getting crushed. And it's just a huge transfer from uh, the total pool of money from everybody into the asset holders. So in my opinion, in 2008, we should have let the market crash and it would have caused a lot of pain, but it, people would have had a real economy again and ultimately it wouldn't have just enriched rich people at the expense of everybody else, asset holders at the expense of everyone else. And all they did now is just do that on steroids since March. So as painful as the crash would be, and it'd be even worse now because they didn't take their medicine in 2008, uh, it, it would still like cleanse the economy of all this ill-gotten gains. I, you know, we talked about this. My friend, I mean, I've, I owned Fangs also for a while. My friend was like, "Dude, I teach at a, at a college where a lot of you know it's a community college, and he's like, a lot of the kids are not wealthy, and they it would blow their mind like how much money I make doing nothing but buying the obvious Fangs, and they have to get jobs." that pay crap and they work hard at them. And meanwhile, there's a whole class of people who just buys the most obvious stock in the world and they're getting double, triple their money. I mean, it's still happening. This is just one day, by the way. I was going to say, is that, is that you, what is the future going to hold though? Still? I mean, I, what, well, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't cash out at a profit yet. The shorts, I kept it in. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think the fed may try to react or whatever, but I mean, come on, man, they're, they're, there's cases are going up in a lot of states right now, new COVID cases. Nobody's going to baseball games. Travel is, you know, it's up from two months ago, but it's still down 80% from the peak. People, businesses have closed. People are not going back to offices. People are working from home. A lot of employees are never going to get their jobs back. 
I was going to say the job employment, you see that that latest report, who knows what to make of it. It seemed like it was uh, couched or I don't know, maybe it's people that are, are now in, in kind of a holding pattern. I've, I've, I've read that too, or heard that, that maybe they're not, uh, they're not responding that I'm searching for a job. Like, you know what I'm talking about? The latest report. Yeah. Seemed some people like have given up. Yeah. And, and also they were, I think counting some people that had been furloughed and paid or something and, or paid and, you know, pursuant to some of these PPP loans. So they were still getting a paycheck, but they're going to get fired as soon as the date arrives that you can fire people again. So I, I, yeah, I mean, you just look around you. I mean, there's riots, there's places being burned down. COVID is now spiking. Well, hold on, hold on. Hasn't the violence, I mean, I know Seattle is its own thing, but hasn't, hasn't the violence, the protesting, the violence has stopped, right? Or, or, or been much less likely, or am I wrong on that? Well, it seems less in the last couple of days, but I mean, the dam. You know, there's damage done. I mean, businesses got okay. destroyed. Right. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I some of these cities look like you know they're burning buildings and boarded up businesses and broken windows. Sure. I mean, that's not. You're already got a climate where you know, everyone's in a mask and you can't, you know, have a lot of people in a shop at the same time, even if everybody wants what's in the shop. And now you add the fact that a lot of these businesses have broken windows and have been burned, and you know, it's it's not good. And actually, it's horrible, but. Uh, you know, Amazon, Google, Apple, Facebook, those stocks have soared and people are buying from them and all these mom and pops are you know hurting worse than ever, yeah, which is terrible. For sure. For sure. And, and, and people are worried about, the, about their reports, even though like you look at uh, Nate Silver, it looks encouraging overall, you know, some hot spots, but uh, there are definitely other discouraging reports of, of just the, the change in behavior is going to lead to, you know, more higher infection rate moving for, you know, more people. Right. Second I mean, wave. Either either this is totally BS and we never should have worried about this, or if it's real, right. then right. then I mean it's almost gotta rise, right? I mean this, yeah. there's there's if you look at some of the footage of the protest, there's like a million people massed in the city, like or at least hundreds of thousands. They're like packing the city streets. And LA even. LA, LA Philly, it, a lot of Yeah, and, and you know, and it's like again, I, I've always said, even from the beginning that it's not the state's, the state isn't your boss, right? If I want to go out, I'm going to go out. It's not the state to tell me whether I have the right to go down the street. And I believe that. I personally don't think you should. I think you should wait it out until we have more data. I think we should ease back now that we've opened things up and bend the curve, whatever we're supposed to do, flatten the curve, and go in gradually and see how the numbers go after we do it gradually. I would just go easy, go easy. Even if it you think it's BS, just do it, just in case. We don't know for sure. There's a lot of contradictory information. Why not just go easy? But people had something that was important to them. So they went in mass and they just said all at once, we're going to go. And again, I think they have the absolute right to do that. That is their right. They are allowed to do that. I would not take it away. I would say, I don't think you should, but that's their right. It's up to them. So they did. And I think like, I'm a little nervous selfishly and also just because it's going to impact a lot of people, but me, especially that the NFL may have some problems. Because if we have a second wave, how's the NFL training camp going to start? Yeah, now aren't they, I heard you worrying about that on XM, but aren't, uh, yeah, I hear you, but they're, they're, everyone's in their prime and... Oh, I don't uh, think NFL players are going to, I mean, well, maybe, we don't know yet, like if there's some other effect, like you get it, you're fine, you're, you're strong and healthy, but then you have like you sure, know, decreased lung capacity yeah. or some oh, sort yeah, of, yeah. there's a lot of viruses that linger in your system forever and maybe do some permanent damage. Or maybe the flu does a bad, you know, who knows? So I'm not, again, they're probably not at risk, but just think of the optics and the politics of the NFL. If 
their players are infected, first of all, keep quarterbacks sitting out if they're infected, right? I mean, that's an issue. And two, what's the, you know, the NFL is already like not, not very well uh, appreciated. If, if they are being deemed to cause infections because they're recklessly letting infections spread in their league and don't yeah. seem to care, it's going to be a political issue too. Yeah, no, that I, I hear you. That would be not good either for us if there's, if there's no football. I mean, um, but yeah, <laughs> there's no that fantasy be... industry without baseball, even 50 games or if that gets shuttered because of the second wave. All right. Baseball, it, it was as much of a bunch of nutless monkeys as the owners are and the players are, you know, not playing. They were trying to 114 games was totally unrealistic. And right. The whole gym, game, yeah. yeah, it's just like baseball, though in his defense, like there's they, nothing they could have done. I mean, for three months, I mean, that was just, it hit right at the peak of baseball and that was shut down. But football, man, if, if we, you know, if we lose football, I don't know what's left of the fantasy industry period. Yeah. And football has been a save. Yeah. It's helped as far as content too, because everyone loves football. Thankfully it's the most popular in the NFL draft movement. It's actually given something to write about when these other sports are dormant. When we kind of uh, buried the lead here, another reason why there may be more things uh, spread or if, if that is indeed the case is the, the whole, this, the next WHO disaster coming out with a report saying asymptomatic cannot spread and then it'll, and then later they're saying, no, we worded that wrong. And apparently the, the, as, as is common, the redacted version is seen by far fewer eyeballs than the original mistaken one. Yeah. And the WHO is so incompetent. I don't care how much you hate Trump. You got to support his decision to stop funding that piece of shit. It's like the worst of the worst. I mean, who cares what is Trump or whoever? At what point? I mean, it's, it's not supposed to be like, oh, like if your friend made a mistake like that, was like, oh, no, I think that's safe with Matt and the mass or no mass or whatever and contradicting himself. You'd be pissed. You'd be like, dude, why are you giving me bad info? But that would just be like your friend telling you something. This is like the body that is supposed to be protecting us, taking care. Of, this is the... It's embarrassing. We've been on and heirs of commission too. I mean, yeah. it's no, they're the worst of the worst. Public, don't worry about it. Asymptomatic camp, but I think that number is hopefully fourteen percent lowish. But still, I mean, give me a break to tell everyone that. And it's 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 a level of incompetence that's still underrated. I mean, it's bad. They're bad. They're really bad. We're starting to see some people, a couple of Sasha's friends. It's mostly just for Sasha. I really couldn't give a shit. Like I honestly, I don't care. I don't need to see, uh, you know, I've, I socialize on the podcast and the XM show, talk to people. I hear you as but, far as just being in general, though, being that you know, I don't need much more as far as hanging out. And I enjoyed your uh, watching it, listening to your drafts. I enjoyed the Twitter follow draft. Um, well, aired today for me. And Jerry Donabedian is great. Have him talk football. It's more. good, too. Yeah, no, it was good. It was uh, I was I was sort of, you know, I start to dread it because I'm like, dude, I've just fucking beat a dead horse so much with this football talk. It's the same stuff. I mean, I've gone over every single thing so many times because we're doing it April and May, right? Like normally we'd be talking baseball April and May and then, you know, except for the draft. And then like, it's just all football. So we've already just like exhausted it and there's no OTAs. There's nothing even going on right now. So it's, it's tough, man. No, it is. I know. That's why I kind of want baseball. I mean, I want baseball to play, but I also want just, yeah, I'm ready. I've exhausted my early, I mean, definitely I'm more prepared for football than ever before. I did another Rotowire online championship nice. uh, draft on Saturday night. I can't help myself. Uh, dude, I took, um, so not only four straight running backs is, is nothing. I took five of the six rounds. I took a running back in a league. You can only start three. So I'm going all in on my, uh, on that strategy. 
um, and freaking still came away with three top 15 quarterbacks on my board way to the 14th round. Um, what about your NFL observations uh, article? You want to talk about that while we're on the football talk? I mean, it's, yeah. uh, I hear you. I mean, we're exhausted too. Oh, one thing with football before I let you talk is Miles Sanders. Um, I'm, come on. How funny is it that you gave me shit for drafting <laughs> in the sixth up. round of League of Legends? No, no, no. That is legitimately right, right, right. getting drafted in the top First round. 10. I know. In yeah. this league I was in, he went 10th yeah. overall, and you gave me a hard time for drafting him sixth round well, first of all that's only half ppr okay your league so the, uh, the league that you drafted him so he's definitely a, worth a lot less than half than he is in full and then secondly uh it was the sixth round of a three sport league so it was really like the second round i think he's basically in the fourth round it wasn't really like that come on it's a 14 team league too it's a 14 yeah, yeah right, all right, all right, all right. it's funny yeah, i did give you shit about that and now it's like a no-brainer pick or at least as far as it looks yeah now it looks like crazy but anyway talk about your column man so I, w- I want to say one thing. We'll get to the NFL observations. We, we had this nasty comment on uh, our podcast, iTunes. You can rate, rate the podcast. And we have like, it's like 120 comments or something like that. I don't know how many there are. And like 110, maybe I'm exaggerating, but there's a lot, something like that. 110 or five stars. And there's like, there was a troll who gave us a one star that everyone was really super cool and gave us all these other ones and buried that one. But then this Karen gave a one star an anonymous karen it was a girl's name that's why i'm saying that but i don't know i don't know who she is because it was like an anonymous name just a first name gave us one star totally libeled the pod after listening to last week's and that hit and run type of thing where it's like oh say something nasty because you heard three words you didn't agree with and then just hit and run you know you're not even you're not even there you don't even use your real name wasn't it kind of a funny line what was it I don't even want, I don't want to spread it. I don't even want to, I don't even, I don't know. I'm serious. I don't think it's funny. I think it's just asshole. You know, it's like, I'm not going to public, I'm not going to give her the publicity that, that she wanted or that it's just, it was just a total libel. And I I wrote to Apple, this is not a a fair representation of this. And I checked today and it was gone. They actually removed it. And I can't believe that. I was like, they're not going to do anything. And they did. They removed it. Interesting. So you're asking for censorship now. Um, that's, that's, that is funny. I did not that's see not, that. That's not, that's not censorship. You think, that's, right, okay. you, you think that's censorship? That no, somebody gives no, no, something no, nasty no. about your work and just with no, an no, anonymous no, name? And, and, uh, no, no, I'm joking, Liz. I, no, dude, I, I need that for my Tom Brady column. That's over a thousand comments. I, over a thousand I don't care points. if someone with their own name is like, screw you, you suck. Yeah. But if someone accuses your podcast of implying that it's racist... That's fucked up. That's a kill shot. If somebody, if somebody accuses you in so many words of saying like, oh, you're racist in this day and age, that is a kill shot. Yeah. They were trying to destroy your livelihood. They were trying to destroy any credibility you have, any, any chance that you could ever make a living talking about anything anymore. That is a, that is, they're, they're, they're dropping the nuclear bomb on you with an anonymous thing. With, with, without a second thought. Yeah. And it's... Okay. I, I, I guess I didn't take it that it's much. Also, it's also... It's totally... Well, it's totally false. Oh, it's one thing when someone says, you're a fucking asshole. Even that dickhead troll guy who said, Dalton's fine, but Liz is an asshole. He never takes the L, whatever. I don't agree with that, obviously, but that's not like a kill shot. That's just... He put his name on it. He gave his opinion. I didn't. I didn't recommend his thing be deleted. I said, "Hey, you know, let's let's make this backfire." He's trying to undermine what I'm doing. I thought it was just a wimpy way to go about it, but whatever. That's fine. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Didn't bother you at all. No, it, it, I didn't like it, but it didn't. 
I got you. I got you. I didn't report it to Apple and say, this guy's not not allowed to have an opinion about my pocket. Of course he is. I don't think it's respectful. I don't think it it was accurate, but it's his opinion. He put his name on it. And that's that. Okay. So what's the remedy? The remedy is say, okay, people are taking shots at this pod. Let's if, if you like this pod, let's make that backfire. You know, if he thinks that that's going to work, it's not going to work. But again, that was within, he gave reasons. He gave his reasons. He obviously had listened to it. Okay, fine. But you don't go for the kill shot. You don't try to destroy someone's livelihood. You don't try to destroy somebody casually. Like that's not even a big deal. Horrible. And so I said, this is, this is libel. It's not what we, we were talking about at all. And, uh, and they removed it, which is amazing to me. I was like, wow, they actually listened. Yeah, it's possible that I missed uh, some of her comment in your email to me. I need to go back and read it. But I was going to say my theory is um, maybe this person didn't even uh, listen to the podcast and they treated the title Real Man Would like seriously, like the man show. You know, people think the uh, Kimlin Krola or misogynistic, but they had the man, the men were lost at the end of every single sketch. They were the, the butt of every joke. I mean, yeah, they had some, some juggies jumping on trampolines. It's not great, but, but they, it was an ironic title. Like a real man would is an ironic title. When you say, you know, what a real man would do and what Dalton Bildon would do. Maybe they just, she saw that, but you think it's clearly she listened and this was, Oh, I don't know if she listened. I, she might, you're right. She might not have listened, but how dare you just do a drive by hit anonymously on somebody's work implying that I don't even know if it's maybe it's sexist. I, they, she said, I'm not going to say what she said because it's, I don't want to publicize it. I, I think it's, you know, it's just, she shouldn't get that, but maybe it was massage. I don't even know what the site she referred to is even about, but the point is that like, how dare you? How dare you do that? You know, if you said, I listened to this, and I don't agree. I think this point was wrong. And when you said this, I felt it was insensitive. Fine. I might not agree with you, but make your case, you know, make your point. But to just drive by anonymously to try to destroy somebody. And you're right. It might've just been because she didn't like the title of it and thought it was, you know, misogynist or something, but um, no good. So I'm going to ask you guys again. I, I, I don't usually ask for promotion or whatever. This person, I already got her thing wiped. So that's that. But just so clear in the sort of karmic skills, uh, if you enjoy this pod, give it five stars, share it with your friends, spread the word, write, write comments on it. You don't need to like bury her comment because it's gone, as I said, but my MO for something like this is whatever that person's intention was, it's going to backfire tenfold. Like, let's get everybody and just say, you know what? You don't like the idea of this. You, you don't want this to do well. Let's help it do well. That's basically the remedy when people do that. But I didn't really think they would... Uh, Right, it. I was going to say, yeah, I know. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully, it's still as impactful with her, her her comment gone. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't. No, see I that think people. There. I think people who support. It's not us. It's us, but it's also just like, you know, we try to say what's true. You know, we don't always get it right. We make mistakes, but we actually try to say what's true. Like we're. It's just yeah. that's it. And I think people, at least privately, have said, I appreciate what you guys are trying to do, and it's been helpful to me because it's nice to know that other people are just trying to say what's true and, and not just do stuff that makes them look good and, you know, help themselves all the time, but actually just try to get to what's true and explore that. And hopefully it helps us. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I would like the podcast to be successful. I would like uh, a lot of people to listen to it, you know, and like it, but it's, we're not going to alter the content because of that. 
Totally fair. Awesome. Yes, I please do go do that. And I'm impressed that you that you got that done. I'm I can't believe it. I, I was yeah, shocked. Yeah, I, I was like, oh, Apple doesn't give a shit. You know how much more serious shit they've got. Yeah, like, I was going to say they have a lot more important things going on in the world. But yeah, well, it's not that's, in the world. Great. I mean, their job is to like monitor that stuff. But sure. I would think that like there's probably like war zones over like certain podcasts out there. You know, very popular right. ones that are very controversial, and they're probably like dealing with a lot of back and forth of cancel this and no, they, this isn't true. And you know, this is our little podcast that one person said something and they actually, uh, as I said, this is bullshit. Just delete it. Yeah. I was going to bring it up for sure. Okay. And then, uh, all right, let's talk about this, uh, observations article is everything priced in was the title of it. And why, why don't I'm not, I'm not, I'm talking so much, man. You're barely talking. So go ahead. Tell tell me, give me, no, no, no. It's your it's your column. I want you to, you better explain it. I no. Go ahead. I'll I'll chime in later. Go okay. ahead. I want you to explain your. Okay. Column so better. basically, the column is there's two kind of theories of doing things. One is wisdom of the crowds, where you know the market is all the buyers and all the sellers, and the aggregate of all those are, is the price of a stock, of Bitcoin, of an ADP for a player. It's all the people who love this player and all the people that hate this player. They kind of push each other like two NFL teams moving the ball up and down the field, and wherever they're sort of stuck, that's the ADP. That's what the market price is. And it's been shown, I mean, conclusively, that when you have like 100 people or 1,000 or 10 or 100,000 people independently trying their hardest to figure something out, the aggregate of that is almost always smarter than any single expert. Your your odds are very remote that you're going to do a better job uh, making you know, lines against the spread than the entire betting market. And same thing with ADP, that if, you know, if your ADP was the default and you had to just draft according to your ADP and other people could just pick and choose from your list, that's how everyone had to draft, and, and one guy got to pick, they'd probably crush you. Same thing. But that's only true, that, that only applies if there really are hundreds of thousands of people independently trying to figure things out and creating a very robust uh, wisdom of crowds. What ends up happening a lot, though, is over time, people know this and they think, you know, I can never beat ADP. ADP is is too much wisdom of crowds in there. I can never beat the spread because the market is too smart. And they start thinking, all right, well, I'm not going to not going to bet on football. You know, maybe open a casino and say, I'll just take the rake, let other people choose the side. Um, Or I'm not going to, uh, really reach you know for players in, in a football draft i'll just take whoever falls below his adp and i'm never going to reach for a guy above it because adp is smarter than me and then you know in this in the stock market it might just be i just buy index funds you know I'm, i can't pick stocks the market knows better i'm just going to buy index funds and the market over the long haul goes up so i'll just do that but what starts to happen when everyone's in index funds and everybody's just doing adp then the adp and the and the investment behavior gets a lot stupider because the wisdom of crowds has to be everyone independently trying to figure out, and then the aggregate is very smart. But if there's like just a couple people who set the baseline initially, then everybody just jumps on ADP and says, ah, it's ADP. It's better than me. Then you're really not having a crowd figure out ADP. It's just a couple people and a bunch of sheep uh, with groupthink. And where it's groupthink, then a person with an astute observation can beat it. It can beat the market. And so the irony is, the paradox is, if people think the market has all the known information and it can't be beat, that's when it can be beat because that's when it doesn't really. And if people do think the market can be beat and they're all independently trying to beat it, that's when it's very hard to beat. 
So it oscillates like a sine wave. At one point, it's at peak easiness to beat by a person who's trying to beat it. And then at one point, it's at like almost impossible to beat because it's got everyone trying to beat it and their aggregate beliefs are really tough to outdo. And you have to know where on that wave you are, whether we're in a, you know, when I said it, I, I wrote an article about this called Agnostic or Genius. The agnostic's like, I don't know. I'll just take whatever falls to me at the cheapest. And the genius says, oh, I can beat the market. And we have to know whether we're in an agnostic or a genius moment. In an agnostic moment where everybody's seeding their preferences to the market, then the genius can crush. But in a genius moment where everyone thinks they can beat the market, then the agnostic's going to crush. And you have to find out where on that wave you are to decide how much you want to invest in your own uh, particular perceptions. That was the article. Yeah, that's all, all interesting stuff. Um, one thing I just read something about how basically people are becoming more, they're fine with changing their minds easily. And that's pretty much because it's not their own thoughts to begin with. They're just forming this group thing. So that's why they're so easily cha- you know, malleable because it's not really their own thoughts. It's just what they've uh, grown well, accustomed to. You mean not just in football, you mean just in, 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 life. in life. Yeah, yeah, political, whatever. Yeah, yeah, this shifts in, 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 in anything. But yeah, so, so, all right, so this is another way, I'm not sure this is entirely related, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it this way, that um, this is a reason why I personally like fantasy football more than fantasy baseball. And I get you that, that and, I, and I understand the arguments that the village idiot can win football and, and baseball is more nuanced and there's more players. And I, and, um, I'm not going to say because it's a boring game or boring game or whatever. Um, I, I do think there are some ways to, to beat baseball as being different with game theory. Like I, I would toy with drafting five or six straight starters if we did have a baseball main event. Um, but I, I think with the projection systems in baseball, it's just crazy not to be um, uh, what's the opposite. Ag- uh, agnostic. Yeah. You got yeah. I mean, you just simply have to be that way, and and just I, I mean, well, you think I'm better than these projection systems? I mean, not a chance. There's so many things to take in, and there's a million players, and they take in their minor league history, and there's so many factors. Whereas football right now, it's just crazy how different my am to the ADP or the ECR. Now, I'd argue I can't take a ton of advantage of that unless you're in an auction, and that's kind of frustrating. But I, I don't know. I, that's why I actually like football better because I just the more I realize it, it's just like I'm pretty much agnostic in baseball. I'm full-blown quote-unquote genius in football which I find more fun yeah it's more fun to draft like a genius right get your guys have your own takes I mean it's way more fun and Peter Shanky wrote an article that was actually pretty good and he posted it in the comments to my article which I edited because I remembered it it was also well written so I was like I must have edited this it must have been me editing Mm -hmm. this so I was like I remember this and he made a good argument that if you if you go by ADP and agnostic every year uh, you never really get you're never going to get better at picking the players because you're just seeding that whole thing, and so you know. It seems Taleb talks about this sometimes. He says it's not people look at these things as a one year thing. It's not a one a one off one decision. You know, one year am I going to be agnostic or a genius? But this is an iterative game. It's something we do every single year. So if even if agnostic's the better strategy, say for baseball. But genius will get you improvements because you'll have your own takes and you'll see where you went wrong and you'll get better at it. It may be in year five, year six, in year seven, year eight, it was worth being a little worse early on to, to have improved, right? You'll actually get feedback on how you're doing. Now, maybe you won't. Maybe it won't mean anything. Maybe it'll just be, you won't really be able to understand why you got something right or wrong. But I thought that was an interesting point he made, that it was, uh, it's different like a one-off game than a repeat game. Right, for sure. And then just to uh, tangentially point out, uh, Pinau and I were on a Vlad Sedler pod last week, and Pinau brought a good point that maybe the way to beat the market these days, since everyone knows all the advanced stats, although I'd argue some in football right now are getting blatantly ignored, um, 
the is to draft early and i'm learning I, I would never be drafting football like this if not for the current situation i'd be way into baseball right now and i'm looking at some i forget what the other ones are called the the cut line championships i did i was getting miles sanders in round three and all those you know and so um that is the, the market inefficiency right now is drafting early. And now I'm like so frustrated that Kenyon Drake is considered by everyone. Number six. Well, I had him like that, you know, four months ago, but I don't get any credit for that. So I would say that like right now you can still do drafts in which uh, I can clearly tell that, um, that this is going to be very different two months from now. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like stocks, right? It's like front running. It's like buying the company before it pops before and not even before it gets earnings. Cause the earnings are during the year. But before everyone's on to it, before and know. doing it with an overall prize, though, you know, two hundred thousand overall prize in this, I think that's that's really, I don't know, I'm 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 liking it. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it's good. It's good to draft early. I mean, I think in Pete's article, he made some other points saying that you know ADP is often influenced by the default ranking because yes. you're drafting yeah. in a draft room and you're seeing who's up at the top, and and it, I don't think people are dumb enough to say, oh, he's the top guy in the list, I have to draft him, but I do think people are like. Ooh, I kind of like this guy, but I can't wait on him because he's the top receiver in the queue right now in, in the default queue. So someone's going to take him. So I better take him. But where that reverse, hundred percent, other, that other makes rece- sense. Yes, uh, other receiver up there, you're, you'd be like, eh, he's like ten down in the queue. Maybe I can wait around. And that actually, you know, so there, he's basically saying well, there that's is, burned me before, though. You know, you got to know what you're doing. Like, say you're in the NFC, uh, there, um, you got to look at their last week's ADP because the sure. rankings they use in that room is like are not updated. So right. you'll well, get that's. Good. That's good. But in a lot of formats, you know, it's just whatever the default rankings are govern a lot of things. So, you know, he was kind of saying there is no ADP, you know, because it's 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 skewed. There's no like real wisdom of crowds is what he was was saying. If if you think that that these things are influencing it, then that's not what everyone thinks. It's like they're like, ooh, here's the name on the top of the list. I better take him before it's too late. So that's uh, it's not that the ADP is this aggregate wisdom so much as this. It, or not that it's not that, but that it has also an element of randomness that's just basically like whatever people are looking at while they're drafting, that's going to affect every single draft. Well, I totally agree that there's a problem with ADP, and I wanted to come out with a kind of a regular column talking about how different I am. Dan, it, it's imperfect for the reasons you say, and also just Yahoo, for instance, I'm influencing the Yahoo ADP because it's I'm one whatever fifth of the rankings or whatever, so I'm personally affecting that probably. And just those aren't as per- perfect as the high stakes league. So anyway, I was going to use Fantasy Pros's uh, expert consensus ranking. You know, there are 120 people, and there there you go. So that's I, I feel like that's an okay an okay but, way. But it's one oh, thing to too, for sure. I, yeah, believe me, I, I think it's that's horrible too. I, I'm I'm way off those. They're, they're influenced. Best. They're yeah. influenced, and you don't have any skin in the game. You have, oh, I want to be the third best ranker or whatever out of whatever the. BS thing you can claim at the end of the year. I know you did like you were like 28th best one year and you were touting that for months. I was Uh, first. (laughs) I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. But uh, so, uh, and congratulations to Brad Evans on that great year he had that one year. But uh, she was not even know what I was. Anyway, yes, I hear you. My point is, though, that a lot of guys, it's like, it's not like they have $1,500 on this thing. You know, they're just putting their rankings in for free you know, giving away some free content for publicity. It's not like, you know, some people want to be the guy who has this, you know, yeah, that too. Right. The, the guy high, showing the off team. with like, and, and also like there's a game theory thing with that, where if you're a little bit uh, unorthodox and some chalk doesn't do well, you might win the whole thing, right? Like if I'm playing against everybody, the chalk list probably doesn't do it because everybody's got a chalk list. So your list has to be like beat out everybody incrementally by, 
you know, we all have the same, but for a couple slots here or there, it's very hard to win that way. If I have, instead of McCaffrey, number one, I have Kamara number one, and he's by far the number one, I'd probably win that thing. I don't know how the scoring. Yeah, works, no, that's down to a grading system too. Rudy Gamble does a great job of saying like he, he does not think it's properly weighted for that. Like yeah. as if you conversely, if you have someone uh, way lower than the consensus and they do what they're expected, you're like totally screwed. And that's going to be me like uh, to a T. I'm at a lot of those guys like God, Chris Godwin. I don't understand how he's the universal number six receiver when he's a no longer going to play the slot he's outside he's sharing targets with mike evans oj howard rob Minkowski. he um he he has a quarterback why do you think he's no longer going to play the slot what makes you think that? that's already been announced they're going to play two they're going to play 12 personnel as their base set that's literally been announced by arians i mean it's been told to the public and um i mean it's not like even a secret so it's like so weird to me well, and why do you believe that like, they're going to play in the league last year switching teams in the second I, I, half but you hate brady playing. you hate brady but but let's but let's let's back I, up i don't hate brady I, i'm just using the stacks it's not it's not well, a why, are you, why do you believe don't. arians is going to suddenly use two tight ends when he didn't use any he had oj howard who everyone had the top five tight end last year i yeah, had cause fourth because he, he didn't have rob brinkowski come out i, I don't know so why, why is he going to use two all of a sudden what percent of the time do you think that they're going to use 12 personnel um, I mean, he's, he said they're going to use it a lot. I'm just telling, I'm not, I'm, I'm a lot I don't know. might mean instead of like 8% of the time, they'll use it 22% of the time. Yeah. I think, I think Godwin's going to not play the slot nearly as much as he did last year. But even then it's bizarre to share targets with Mike Evans, two beast tight ends, a 43 year old, different quarterback. And to be the number six receiver, you know how many good receivers there are, but you, you, understand, like a, you understand that they have only two receivers. They have Scotty Miller as their three. Okay, who's just some total scrub. So they're only too deep. O.J. Howard was a total non-factor even when completely healthy last year. Gronk might be good, but Gronk is never more than like 95 targets and he's rarely healthy. So you've got uh, you know, a guy who may get 100 targets as the number three option. You've got O.J. Howard who to me is just, that's like an afterthought. He's talented. There's no doubt about that. But you know, given what happened last year, I'm not worried about, you have a Pro Bowl level receiver. Chris Godwin would have been the number two receiver uh, on every, you know, in the end, if he didn't get hurt the last couple of games, he was, besides Michael Thomas, he was the top receiver. In, in 14 games, he had 1,333 yards, nine touchdowns, 86 catches. He had 11 yards of target. He was a stud last year. He had 25 catches of 20 or more yards. I think that was first in the NFL. And he, and he was in the slot more than anybody by far. And, you know, Brady loves those like Julian Edelman, Wes Welker, the guy who could run the short routes, get open. I mean, Godwin's like a better, faster, bigger, younger, at his peak version of those guys. I don't know, man. I, I, I see he the case. He will not be on any of my fantasy teams okay, doing well, that. I, he was not even top 30 in Whopper. I mean, I, I, that is insane. I mean, air yards and target share. I mean, that's Herms Myers. I mean, it's this list. This lists all the, the guys getting the most. Uh, I mean, that, that's crazy. What do you mean? He had 121 six. targets in 14 games. Target share, though. Well, what is target it, what, shared the better represent 22 percent well he missed two full games probably two and a half full games at the end of the year then what then yeah it's uh yeah where is his you so you have you have chris godwin sixth then you're saying yeah i, I just pulled some out of my, my, my head my my head okay and I, and I got you on that okay all right okay so so you, you're you're in on godwin with, i'm and, so in on godwin with the quarterback change like that's fine i mean like, i think i think i definitely that the, the, the stats I, I do not hate brady at all i think brady's funny on twitter i think he I don't might mean you hate, hate him that. personally i mean you hate him in fantasy i'm not making it personal but only because of what the stats say so like why, why am i supposed to disagree with the best stats that we have the, the, the things that the compute the air yards and the accuracy the, the next gen stats 
point to him being not just bad. He's dropped four straight years and he's 43 years old. We have historical evidence like so long players usually drop off far before this and he's switching entire environments. I, I, don't, I don't know. You just, I don't, what am I missing? Well, you're missing is you can't just look at like how quarterbacks age and then just say, you know, quarterbacks age badly and he's very old. Yes, that's definitely a risk, but it's, but he did in front of us. He was the worst performing over the last eight games. Right. He was the last eight games worse. where he had a injured Muhammad Sanu, a rookie Nikhil Harry coming back from injury who couldn't do much, Edelman who dropped like eight or nine passes and doesn't make big plays no matter what wow, anyway. The, the, t- the tight ends were guys, Matt Lacoste, Ben Watson at age like 38 or whatever. I mean, James White and Julian Edelman were his two best receivers. I mean, that was it. And... Those guys aren't even, you know, and Edelman was 33. It's not even like he was. Right, but are these stats, EPA, they, they all take that into account. They, they, I, they don't, they I mean, I, I, you know, you can uh, do your uh, acronym mumbo jumbo, but I'm looking at his year end stats. He had 24 TDs, eight picks, 6.6 YPA is bad, but 24 TDs, eight picks, 4,000 yards. 5.9 YPA in the second half. But second half, I mean, what about the first half? What did uh, he have in the first half? Right. No, seven and a half YPA. Even the second half doesn't. The whole the whole season is is better. I mean, it's sure, like you know, I, I see that because of age. Well, you think he aged in the second half? Yeah, that, that's usually what. Like, law, often that happens. Like it like it happens in the middle of the season. Didn't happen with the Manning one or whatever. Yeah, just when Peyton, it happens. Though, it, Peyton boom, had like the big steepest like decline. Boom. But Peyton couldn't turn his head. You know, he had spinal maybe fusion. I'm, maybe I'm completely wrong on this, but let's just say that I mean the, the evidence like the. It, it, the evidence is against the side that everyone seems to be believing that's going to happen. That's well, I'll know. give you the counterpoint. I'm, I'm with you. I'm lower on Brady than the, than the market. And I'm definitely taking Daniel Jones, Joe Burrow, Baker Mayfield, those kind of guys. But I, I, I would still think Brady is, is above the threshold to support receivers. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying he's good. And I definitely think that having Jameis Winston, who was willing to make egregious mistakes and make throws, you know, all over the place was a way better fan. It's like as good as it gets for fantasy. I mean, he sucks in real life, but for fantasy, he's great. And yeah. this is this is a downgrade for those receivers. But there's only two receivers, and then there's Gronk, who's been out for a year and a half, and is like, you know, so injury prone, never gets more than 100 targets. And then there's OJ Howard, who they didn't even throw to. That's it. Godwin's going to get 150 targets again. I just saw Gronk dunk on some game show. He looks like Jack. Um, <laughs> yeah, but so I have so I have Godwin twentieth. That's like that's still very that's very impressive. If you're a if you're the twentieth receiver, that's like that's really good. But I just just rather clear like alphas on their team. Like like give me uh like Terry McLaurin over him or Devontae Parker or DJ Shark or T Y Hilton. You know Robert Woods. I'd rather those. You know the Robert Woods. One. Robert Woods. How many touchdowns did Robert Woods have last year? Yeah, yeah, he, he very yeah. The touchdown was very very low on him, but. I don't really, I think that's that's fluky. Well, what do you think um, he had the year before when the yeah, Rams offense was amazing? He had six in yeah, sixteen Woods, games. Woods, whatever. Yeah, Woods. Woods. Uh, I don't. I don't love Woods, but I'll uh, I'll give you a name, um, a crazy name that I just moved up. That this is much higher than than uh, than ADP is. I, I would rather Marquise Brown on my team than Chris Godwin. I'll tell you what. But I would never. I would. I would bet like an, an overall, like a top three thing there because I'm taking that. That he's like. No, no. I would give you odds. I would give you odds. I would give you odds. I don't want to give like, let's just say minimum fourteen games. Otherwise, the bet's off. Minimum fourteen games. I'll give you three to two odds on whatever you want to bet. 
Marquise Brown. PPR. PPR. Team games. PPR. Fourteen game yeah, minimum. Need- Fourteen game minimum for both. Otherwise, it's it's no bet. Yeah, hundred bucks. Hundred bucks. And then 150, I'll give yeah. you, and you give me 100. I got Godwin. Yeah, you okay. got, email me yeah. that. Email me that. Okay. All right. Okay. Done. So, so, yeah, I just uh, moved him up today. So it's funny. I moved him ahead of I, I don't. I just think, you know, maybe he'll be a monster, but I think that he uh, is like Deshaun Jackson. He's not going to get more than 9,900 targets. He'll get 10 yards a target, but so did Godwin last year. Godwin had 11 yards a target. Godwin. Godwin's like, and he's really? a different quarterback. And, okay. uh, and he's not going to play the slot nearly as much. Anyway, I think he is. Okay. I think he is. Okay. I, I, I right. mean, the idea that Bruce Arians all of a sudden is going to completely neglect OJ Howard for no reason. And he's always, you know, the, the knock on that coming in last year was like, oh, he never uses tight ends. And we're, and then we're like, well, he's never had OJ Howard. Obviously he'll adapt. And he did not adapt at all. And now he's talking about it offhandedly in the off season, not getting specific. That we'll Bruce Arians said 12 personnel will be the Buccaneers' base offense. This is reported June 4th. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I want to see that quote. I want so, to see that. So there we go. Give me the exact there quote. Read what Bruce Arians said, not the headline. Um, I want to hear what the yeah. guy said because you know how these beat writers are. They take something and they want quote to Quote unquote, clean. that's our base offense, Arians said, of 12 personnel. And that's it. What else? What do you say about it? That's, that's all the, the quote I've led to is oh. that's our base offense. Arian said of 12 personnel with two yeah. tight ends on the field. Yeah. He says he even likes 13 with the third tight end. Expect more. That, that makes it even less likely th- that he's going to do that. He's going to take Evans or Godwin off the field to get in Cameron Brait. Yeah, that's silly. But again, I'm just reporting what, what he's saying. The I know. But it's it's, I mean. Coaches just talk shit. It is better. I'll give you credit for saying that he actually said it was his base offense, which is better than just an offhand thing. We're going to run more 12. But I, I just I don't believe it. I don't think they're going to do that. I think I think what it seemed like is that OJ Howard's obviously miserable there, right? You're a superstar first round pick. Your first couple of years, you look like you're going to be one of the best tight ends in the league. Third year, you're all set to go, and you're putting the doghouse the whole year. You don't get a shot at all. Well, and so you're like, I want to be traded. I want to get out of here. I don't like this. And teams want to trade for him, obviously, because OJ Howard. And maybe they're getting garbage offers. And they sign Gronk, and they're like, whoa, this is horrible for O.J. Howard. And then he says, no, 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 we're very happy with O.J. Howard, meaning we're not desperate to shop him. So if you want to trade for him, give us a good offer. We're, it'll be our base offense. We're happy to have these two guys. Or so, just to keep O.J. Howard happy, because he's, if he's on the team, then they're like, well, you know, we don't want him to be despondent, so we're going to... Say what we need to say. I don't know. It just, it just strikes me as so unlikely that just when you add Gronk that O.J. Howard's going to be a prominent part of the offense. Here's what's going to happen. 43-year-old Tom Brady is going to get hurt, and it's going to give everyone a nice, convenient excuse, uh, and I'm not even going to look like I was right. So that, that's fine, but whatever. Um, we'll, we'll see. We disagree know, on Godwin and the Buck situation. He, I, I, I will acknowledge that I could be right in the fact like he could, again, suck in real life, uh, but still like put up you know a decent stats, and he's in the right situation. That team that team was like even throwing when they had seven point leads last, last year. Um, so that, yeah, I mean, it, it could be, but on the other side, you know, maybe that defense is really good. And again, I'm just, I don't know. I, I don't see it with Godwin and the rest of the community is with you. I'm the weird one. I mean, I, I'm the one that's apparently bizarre because everyone, I, mean, I, everyone I, has- I understand your argument. I definitely think it's worse than it's Brady. And maybe if Brady is below that threshold, then all bets are off, man. A receiver doesn't need a star quarterback. Sometimes it's better not to. If, if a quarterback who's not... But what that if that receiver is also sharing the deal with... Oh, forget even if you think Gronk and, and O.J. Howard, but Mike Evans, these are two... Mike Evans was everyone's top 10 receiver last year, and now he's in his prime right there. He's a teammate. 
Yeah, but th- that's a narrow tree. Evans and, and Godwin, Scott Miller's nobody. Like they don't have, that's a no name. That's anybody. That's like, you know, the, the number three receiver on the Browns is Rashad Higgins. That's like just having a guy. That's not like, yeah. oh, but well, everyone has a, yeah, that's like naming a backup running back when everyone has a backup running back in yeah. the NFL. Yeah. yeah. They're like, but, you know, the Giants have Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram, Saquon yeah. Barkley. For any of those guys, you're like, those are actually names not that matter. are going to command yes, for sure. 80, 90 targets minimum each. So, like, they, they are a problem for each other to some extent, but Scotty Miller's not. I don't think O.J. Howard is. I I think O.J. Howard has to be, for now, put in the category of not a problem. And even Gronk, as good as he is, is a 90, 95 target guy. So if they're going to throw 620 times or whatever they're going to throw, there's going to be a lot of targets for Evans and Godwin. And I think Evans is the guy that Brady's going to have trouble with because Brady would have to throw, you know, he's the deep guy. And Godwin's the slot guy last year. And even if he's outside, he's still going to be running shorter routes than Falcons, Falcons, Panthers might have two of the bottom five defense in the league. And while the Saints are good, those could be shootouts. So I will totally acknowledge that too. Um, But while we're in an argumentative mood, um, I I have to say I came across this tweet. I wish I had remembered to give acknowledgement. But um, do you know that your guy, John Gruden, your favorite coach in the NFL, who you love to defend, um, do you know that the Raiders, uh, how many points do you think they scored in the third quarter last year? I don't know, 21. Wow. You even tried to shit on my point and you didn't even overshoot it. 20 points in 16 third quarters. 20 points what? after sitting in halftime and the team had to adjust to the opponents. John Gruden's Raiders scored 20 points in the third quarter. Sorry, that is just insane and I'd be remiss if I, uh, if I passed what it on. Is, what does it matter what quarter they scored the points? I, well, the, the narrative is halftime, right? The adjustments of Pete Carroll's USC team are just insane. I don't know. That's if there's any way to to judge an NFL head coach as far as adjustments, it would be the third quarter, correct? That's only if you didn't know the entire track record of the season. Right? If you're like, well, what, yeah. what, you know, if it's well, I'm guessing 20 is lower than most. Consider that's a that's a, on average yeah, like, about, about a point a quarter. So. I'm, not, I'm not saying Gruden is great or anything or did a great job, but I mean. That's very okay. specific. That's like on Thursdays, the guy, Thursday night games, he's terrible. You know? Yeah, okay, we can disagree a little bit on that one. Just uh, Anyway, what else? Uh, all right, let's don't argue with you. Other no, than no, I like will off, off a bye, he's terrible. When he has more time to prepare, he doesn't even get them going. It's like stuff so specific. Okay. Um, how about them bell peppers, list? I did have to send you 10 bucks for that, unfortunately. But I did it right away. I always pay you right away, mm-hmm. man. If I owe money, boom, I send it. I, I thought that was wrong, but I think corrected it. And if those of you who didn't listen to last week's, I thought that yellow, green, red were different. They grew on different plants. They were just different varieties. But apparently, they're just different stages of ripeness. I disagreed. I've never grown them. Dalton's dad grew them, so you knew. But I've eaten them, which is not the same thing. And I thought I could uh, call BS on it, and I was I was incorrect. So yeah. for those of you who say I don't own up to my uh, errors, this is this is counterpoint to that. Yeah, you did send right away as usual. Appreciate that. And real quick, one other health question for you. First of all, I, I baked myself some uh, wild salmon with some sweet potatoes with a ton of butter on it. As you suggested, it was delicious and uh, seemingly healthy. Um, my question to you is: looking in, in those raw eggs list, it really tells you you should get pasteurized eggs, and that's only one company. That's like Davidson's. It's hard to come Why by. Not pasteurized you, eggs? No, you don't. No, you don't. For raw with salmonella, you think don't worry about the all that. Well, I'm pasteurized is not raw, right? That's the opposite of raw. When you have raw milk. Which is much no, no, better I know. for you. They pasteurized them before. It, it, to, 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 and then you buy them in the pa- store, they it? would be raw. 
they, 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 they heat them. Right. They heat them. Yeah. They they're not them. raw. They've killed the enzymes and the things that are healthy, but them do not All that do that. Stuff anyway. Okay. So okay, you don't so, have to have raw eggs. You can have, okay, just, no, here's my next question. How gross is it to use hard boiled eggs in shakes? I don't know. I've never done it. See, I, you're trying some science stuff. Basically you're trying to like, uh, gain weight through science, which is fine. I'm, you know, as long as the ingredients are good, maybe it works. I I'm mostly just doing it through nature, you know? So I'm like, just, I eat what's there and raw eggs. I know are good for you. Obviously you don't want to get salmonella, but if you so get you them from have a, no problem with that, with, with eating a raw egg, I mean, I'd have to have a good reason to eat it. I mean, they're incredibly healthy. And I think oh, it's so probably you, ha- you have to have a good reason to eat it. Oh, so you well, wouldn't I mean, just pour I mean, sticks in your shake every day and just hope for the best. I think it's a low risk if you get the eggs, not from a supermarket, but if you get them from a farm or you get it from somewhere that the eggs are clean. In other words, a chicken that is eating worms and organic, you know, whatever the hell chickens eat and ro- running around and healthy and laying eggs in a nice farm is probably going to be a robust chicken that doesn't lay eggs that get salmonella. I, I mean, that's my belief. Well, I, I agree with that, but it's just an unreal. I'm getting my eggs from a supermarket, unfortunately. So that, that, that's I mean, the reality. You know, if you get organic ones, it's better. I don't know. I, I've, I've had raw eggs before. I mean, yeah. I've had okay, them, all right. But okay. I, I don't know right. if I would do six a day. I you about the pasteurizing, though, getting rid of the, that kind of defeats the No, do not get thing. those. Do not get those. Just, I'd rather just cook the egg then. But I, th- I think in a smoothie, pack. it's pretty safe, too, if you have other stuff in it, too. I mean, I, I don't know. It's a, it's just experiment. I don't, you're probably not going to die if you get it either. So <laughs> yeah, you're right. Exactly. Just contribute to my already uh, stomach problems. I think I think oh. you'd be all right. I I don't know. But but yeah. But you're you know you're doing stuff that's like I, again. I don't really I don't really do shakes. I don't do any of that kind of thing. I just like eat. Yeah, not here. I don't. I gain I weight from that uh, sweet potatoes with butter. I actually have gained a couple couple weights in in, the, in couple pounds in the past week. So um, maybe it's working. But, um, yeah, no, I'm sure that's very boring. And, uh, what else do you have on your mind? That's, 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 that's important. Yeah. Maybe a couple things now that we're sort of getting into it. I, I just, I really was thinking this week a lot about tolerance, like what tolerance means being tolerant of other people. And most people who feel like they're entitled to be intolerant of some other person, I'm not saying about like someone breaking into your house, you know, Oh, I'll tolerate someone breaking into my house. No, that's not something to tolerate, like physical actions against you. Just tolerant of people's views, of their speech. Whenever people are being intolerant towards somebody, they almost always think it's for a really good reason. They always always think like, oh yeah, I'm being intolerant, no doubt, but that guy is terrible. This is a bad person I'm being intolerant to. This person deserves it. But like the worst people in history have basically believed, at least a lot of them, that the person they were being cruel and vicious to, and again, I'm not talking about someone who's attacking you physically or something like that. I'm talking about, you know, somebody who disagrees with you. They've believed that person deserved it. Everybody, the biggest dick in history, the biggest the people you look back on, you're like, oh, those were horrible people. McCarthy era, you know, ferreting out communists in the U.S., things like that. All these like uh, persecutions, religious persecutions of people. They thought that those people were evil, bad, needed to be fixed. And I think that's something to keep in mind. Intolerance is an attitude. And people think, well, as long as I'm intolerant to the right thing, then I'm doing good. But I hear you. No, there are a lot of strong opinions out now, right now. And there is, yeah, I know that I'm testing. Yeah, I hear you. I'm testing my tolerance. it's, It's a lot of times like, 
Tolerance is not, I agree, or I think you're right, or I think what you're saying isn't totally moronic. It's just like, all right, I don't need to destroy you because we don't agree on this. That's tolerance, right? It's not, I like you. Tolerance isn't about liking somebody or agreeing with somebody. It's about saying, eh, that guy's kind of got a stupid opinion, but anyway, whatever. They're free to have it. I, I think yeah. that, that's, a, that's a thing. And I, and I follow this guy, uh, Kapil Gupta. I told you, the enlightened yes. guy. Yes. Or I think he's enlightened. Um, and he had a bunch of tweets. I didn't retweet this because I've had so many tweets misinterpreted. And I made a tweet, uh, I think it was after our last podcast. It was on Friday. Just about, you know, be wary of those who would persecute other people. Be tolerant. And then, like, people are like, oh, you're talking about the Tom Cotton article in the New York Times. And first of all, I think absolutely he should be able to publish that. And people shouldn't have got fired over it, even though I think it's a stupid, it was a stupid opinion. But I don't even care about that argument. People just immediately assume it's this thing that you're talking about when they have no idea. But secondly, uh, this guy tweeted out, and I didn't retweet it because I was like, ah, people aren't going to get this. But I figure on a podcast you have a little more uh, new, room for nuance. Um, he, he, write, he tweets, if you wish to see the face of evil, find a man who seeks to be good. No, I actually did catch that one. I did catch that. That was a good tweet. Yes, I, I actually saw that one. That was, yes, it's like the people think. who think they want to be good. They want to be part of team good, as Ted Bell says. Mm-hmm. And what happens if you want to be good, you're sort of hoping to be one thing and rejecting something else. There's like a hope of what you want to be, and you're pushing away anything that would be the opposite. Right? You're rejecting something. And usually when you're in that struggle, you project that struggle onto the world. So the people who are the good, you want to be like them and have solidarity with them. And the evil, you want to reject, destroy, get rid of them. And so most evil, most of the really evil stuff in history has been done because you're justified in doing something for the good. It's like utilitarianism, right? And, you, and, and these people are the scourge that needs to be destroyed. And whenever you adopt that posture that you know, when I'm justified because I'm good in doing this cruel thing, uh, and these people deserve the cruel thing because they're evil, you're basically doing, that's the same mindset that every atrocity in history has been done under pretty much, or <laughs> most of them. Some of them, maybe the guy's just such a psychopath, he doesn't even care. But like, I think most of them, people are, it's for the good. You know, we're doing this for the good. We're, we want to bring uh, the Iraqis freedom. You know, we want to overthrow their dictator. We want to, you know, these, all, all the things that you're, that we're, we're doing it because for their own good. We're converting these religious people, these non-religious people for their own good with the sword. We're converting them. We're saving their souls from hell. They're heretics. We need to do this for them. And those people really believed that they were doing good and they were part of team good when they were laying waste to other people. They believed that. And they believed the people that they were late needed their help and or were evil or, you know, part of the devil's work or whatever. <laughs> when you get into that mindset, that sort of mob rule mindset of just, I'm part of the good and you're part of the evil and I can, you know, I need to do this. That itself is the evil. That mindset is the evil. It's not what this person has wrong beliefs or you have right beliefs. We disagree, whatever. That's not the evil, the belief. The evil is the attitude of completely trying to destroy, it's really a part of yourself that you're projecting onto the, you know, onto the world, but you're, right. you're acting out. So 
Anyway, I thought it was a profound tweet. And uh, yeah, I liked it. I liked it too. I'd have to say I have less conviction in some of my beliefs the older I get because the more skeptical I have of of what, how much of this picture do I actually have painted for me? You know, how much do I even know? So I try to be whatever the other side of anything a belief is to begin with. But yeah, these are said and done, and it's a good overall point about tolerance list. And, and and I would I would say that it's kind of like your point, and I don't want to speak for uh, an enlightened person, but I I feel like. I've heard that guy and other people say I've read a lot of books by supposedly, again, people who seem like they are, uh, have arrived at some sense of understanding, that, that they say that what you said earlier, which is that you know, your thoughts are just the product of what's circulating around in society. I mean, you're not, they're not your thoughts. Like, yeah, you say them, or I might pick and choose which ones to say, but the actual thoughts that are going through your head are just the product of what you're exposed to for, in large part. And that... You know, I think a lot of them would say, like, all the thoughts are just bullshit. It's just some shit going through your head. They're not even yours. They're just something that's in the zeitgeist. They're just something that's in the air, and you're grabbing a hold of it, and then you're believing that, and that it's probably wiser to, obviously, you need provisionally to, to have beliefs. You need to have your Chris Godwin rankings and whatever else for your, you know, you need to have beliefs. But I think in general, like, the idea that most thoughts are not reliable counsel for you like your thoughts are not your you know the things you believe are not necessarily like your friends in terms of guiding you toward the truth necessarily it's a and and to be loose about it and to sort of stick with you know in the present like what you're experiencing is is going to get you to a, a more authentic place than than trying to pick and choose certain beliefs that occur to you from time to time well said man you got anything else in your mind no, that was mainly it. I like the Godwin shit, though, dude. Yeah, I'm glad you're in on that. We do have a bet on it. You got anything else? What any last uh, weird, do my weird, weird rankings? End. Yeah, yeah. I got. Uh, no, I watched uh, rankings. I'm talking about your rankings. I'm saying any other oh, thing. My rankings. You're, you're obviously Godwin. You're you're way out of the uh, norm. On what else? Anything else? Oh, you, yeah. We could go on for a while on that. Just uh, give me one. Am, just give me one. It's very different. Well, we've talked about we've talked about uh, about Beckham, but um, I'm you don't like Beckham. Beckham. You don't like Beckham. Yeah. I don't like Beckham. I'm, um, I'm higher. Okay, let's. See. I'm going to give you another one. Um, why? I think he's moving up now. But uh, why is Melvin Gordon? Was he typically ranked lower? I like I mean, Melvin. He's, I, well, I he's moved a him three up. down back. I mean, that guy gets yeah. the catches too. So why? Why was he treated? I, I think he's properly getting moved up now, though. But but Melvin Gordon was a guy I didn't. I mean, I have him as a 13th back, whatever, over you know, top 15 pick. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty Gordon? high too. I, I don't know as high as you do, but I I, I kept moving him up because I kept you know at that stage of the draft you're like. Devin Singletary or Fournette or Jonathan Taylor. And I'm like, all right, just give me Melvin Gordon. Cause you're right. He catches passes and, and Philip Lindsay is just a change of pace guy. He's not like a, he's not a big problem. He's, he's better Super than just small. a small. Yeah. He's yeah. Better, he's better yeah. than a generic backup, but he's a change of pace. Yeah. Gordon, I was never even a Gordon guy, but I mean, he gets three down back the goal line. They have a pretty good offensive line, a lot of weapons. I don't know about Drew Locke, but, um, he, his in whatever, I guess in Wisconsin, when he, when he balled, it was that inside zone scheme. It's supposedly exactly the same there too. So he seems undervalued. I like James Conner and I get it. Maybe he's just hurt. And it's, it's even some speculation that it's cancer survivor, that the tissue is going to be a problem for the rest of his career. But, um, I'm in on him. He looks jacked the photos and another guy who gets all the work there, the, the catches and everything. And people are just forgetting, you know, the, I should the probably move him up. I have him at 19 among backs. I just, I got to move Fournette down even more. I, I just can't take Fournette. I can't draft him in, unless well, it's I have like, him at 25th. So where's where that? I have, I have him 17 in full PPR. 
half PPR. I'm, I have, I don't know you, you're probably talking half PPR, right? Yeah. But I, I pretty much draft the same off this. So I, I would personally have him in full PPR 25th. Yeah, I'm that's how I would actually draft. I'm hired happy with 16. But I I don't I don't like Fournette. I might move him down too. I just Yeah, I don't I, the guys that I will just simply not have cuz I have Fournette 25th, Le'Veon Bell 26, David Johnson 27, Todd Gurley 28. So those guys I just want zero part of the uh that old old group. Another guy I'm lower on than most is Austin Eckler. Um really good real life player, but man, uh, the whole point was Philip Rivers just dumped off to him. Now, not only might Herbert might be a problem, but mobile quarterbacks never throw to running back. So Eckler, I don't get it there. That might be a bad team on a player that doesn't run, who has like a low BMI. I don't get, I don't know. Eckler I'm down on. Yeah, I'm 12th among running backs. I don't know where, what that, whether that's above or yeah, below I the see, I would take Gordon and Connor over him. Yeah, I don't have him that low, but I could see it. I just think if Eckler even gets like, I have him with 156 carries and 82 catches and in full PPR, that's just, well, you're talking about half PPR though, right? Like I said, I'm treat this as PPR. This is how my rank. I, I would half PPR. Same. I have Eckler. Uh, well, that's yeah, like no, full PPR, I take it back. And full PPR, Eckler is such a difference. That's yeah, okay. Full PPR, you got to bump him. Yeah, he, he's such a beast there. But I'll just tell you, on NFC, I'm just not going to get him where he goes. I'm just, right. I'm even going to pass him up there. What are your thoughts on Eckler, just in general? Though? If he gets 200 carries, you know, he's he could be Alvin Kamara esque. But I think there's a. I made him. I gave him 156 carries. And Alvin Kamara-esque without, with fewer touchdowns because the team isn't going to be as good. But I gave him 156, but I think there is a real chance he gets 110 or 120. And they just get those other two backs in there and split carries. So I, I just don't know how many carries he's going to get. He's, he's pretty small. As you said, he has a low BMI. He's, not, uh, he's 5'10", 200. So he's, you know, usually a running back that's going to get 200 carries is going to be 5'10", 215 what he is for his career you never you rarely see a 510 200 although christian mccaffrey who i did not think could get the carries initially when he came like 511 205 right right okay so here's the last guy uh, for football and i know we strongly disagree and i i admit totally risky a guy with extremely low bmi but um i just draft mostert in uh, the fourth round of all these leagues um he's kind of going up higher i believe now but um, 28 year old low BMI who's in a committee um, has never done it before. Uh, I, I get that's that's the downside, right? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't even. Whenever Moster gets taken in a PPR, full PPR, which is what I'm always drafting in, I'm like, what? Why are you taking this guy? He doesn't catch passes. Tevin Coleman could easily just be the guy just as much, and you've got like the handoff to Debo Samuel. Maybe Brandon Ayuk could get some carries. Like they just. There's just no rhyme or reason. It's not like they're going to commit to him and have him be like some every down workhorse. As you said, he's he's got a low BMI. He's really fast. He'll probably get five yards a carry or something and get 180, 200 carries and get like 900 yards and like seven touchdowns, but few catches. I just I just don't see the ceiling. Yeah, again, I admit it's risky, and I was—I think it's Evan Silva on established a run pod was talking about. It. I couldn't believe that his—he was RB twenty six, as in that was too high. Um, yeah, that's I, exactly I, where I have him is twenty six. I'll right take back. the opposite approach. I have him. I have him sixteenth, and uh, I lead back in a Shanahan system. The guy scored twelve touchdowns over the final eight games last year. He got just thirty one percent of the Niners' carries last year. And Breida left. Um, he talked about the receiving. Do you know what position he played in college? It was wide receiver. So I, I would assume that he could receive. I mean, he's graded very, very highly in the advance there, and he literally played wide receiver in college. So, What, what do you think of think McKinnon that, coming back, though, and being the third down guy? Yeah, I mean, 
I mean, if, if your argument's a guy who's coming off two ACL surgeries well, no, and hasn't played most in two of, years. McKinnon wasn't even there last year. And Brita wasn't a third down pass catcher. He was hurt a lot of last year. So Brita was not really no, the Brita was like 140 touches are gone. And yeah, I mean, I guess McKinnon. But so DVOA um, rushing, uh, uh, Mostert was number one among all rushers last year. And Tevin Coleman was second to last. Peyton Barber shouldn't even count. He's in his own category every year. So Coleman was literally last. And yeah. Mostert's number one. So, I mean, maybe maybe Shanahan would, would, will continue to to give them equal work. But Mostert's, like, bulking up this offseason. Again, 12 touchdowns over the final eight games. Uh, that seems like a lot of upside to me. 12 touchdowns over eight games, final eight games. Yeah, but it also seems like when you have a huge amount of touchdowns relative to the amount of work you're getting, it's, it's kind of fluky. A lot of people think Aaron Jones is going to regress because he had – a lot of touchdowns for his production. Right, but instead of adding A.J. Dillon, they subtracted Brita. You're right, McKinnon, McKinnon's there, but I think Tevin Coleman. So you look at in sports injury predictor, uh, whatever you think about that site, their number one most likely uh, running back to get to miss the games this year is Tevin Coleman. Okay, okay. Yeah, I just don't – I think, like, they'll get, like, Jeff Wilson in there. Like, they don't I, – I think, like, Mostert has so little upside. Little – yeah, this is what I keep hearing. 12 touchdowns in eight games when not getting all the work is a weird way to frame little upside. It's 25 touchdowns. It's not a lot of upside because that's what you, if you, for a full season. Yeah. You don't think he has that upside though. What I'm saying is that this guy has so little upside that even if Tevin Coleman doesn't share carries or does get hurt, even if Jarek McKinnon can't make it back, I just don't think they're going to give Mostert that many carries. I mean, he's aiming for 200 carries this year. He's aiming for 200. People fall over themselves for Ruben Drone in the Shanahan system, and this guy is the fastest player in the NFL with an insane uh, burst score and everything. Yeah, all right, okay. He's all aiming right. for 200. He doesn't catch passes. Last year, he had 14 receptions all year. Played wide receiver in college, and is great. Well, does very well when thrown to. Well, they don't throw to him, and he's aiming for 200. So you're, he's looking for 200 carries and I gave him generously 23 catches. Yeah. No, I'm, again, I'm, Hey, I'm the weirdo here. I'm the one way off. Yeah. So well, let's do a Mostert bet. I'll take somebody you don't like Mostert um, in PPR. Let me, yeah, let me Fournette, bell. David I hate, Johnson, I hate Hurley, Fournette. I hate Fournette. I truly okay. hate it. And also I think, bell, Mostert's, I think Mostert's floor is, is not terrible. Because I think he'll he'll play and he'll be effective when he plays. No, um, I think his floor is not great. A twenty eight year old has never done it with a low, with zero. I mean, he has to bulk up because he's he's a small. No, but guy, I think so he's going to get a hundred. You know, if he's healthy, he's going to get hundred and fifty carries, and he's going to score like six, seven touchdowns, and he's going to catch, you know, fifteen, twenty pounds. I mean, I think he's going to get something. Uh, whereas yeah. like Le'Veon Bell or Leonard Fournette could just be done. You know, it could be like apparent early. Those guys are just toast. If you don't want any of those guys, I'll, those I'll take. Have you have Connor ahead of of Mostert. I have Connor ahead of Mostert. Yes, okay. I like Connor a lot. Love Connor. Yeah. I'm trying to think One of someone Connor. I actually like ahead of Mostert. I mean, I have guys ranked ahead I'll of him. I'll do Josh Jacobs, a uh, former Bay Area guy. Oh, I would I would snap call Josh Jacobs against yeah. Mostert. You, you're going to do that? I feel bad for you. Let me give you some odds. Let me give you some odds on that. Yeah, give me some, well, definitely, yeah. Give me some odds. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, minimum, four, minimum 14 games. Yeah. yeah. Give minimum 14 games. I'll give you another three to two odds. Jacobs yeah, versus. Yeah, the same. Let's do the same, same bet. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. I'll give you some odds on that. That's fair. I mean, three to two doesn't sound like much, but it's a big difference because any guy can outperform anyone else. I mean, we are, we are cutting off the injury issue. So that actually helps me. I mean, it helps the favorite because obviously that's the easiest way he could outperform, but 
Finally, finally, I disagree with you on the injury thing. I'm more, more worried about Marquise Brown and Mostert's injury than I am. I like, I guarantee, I hope that that's not the, the reason is the injury thing. Josh Jacobs, another interesting guy. Why I love the broken tackle numbers, uh, obviously hate the, uh, the organization, but, um, what, uh, what, what's the deal with, um, why is he going, they, they don't throw him the ball, right? So what, why is he different than Mostert? I mean, they throw him the ball a little bit. They throw him more than Mostert. He's like their bell cow back. But he's not, though, right? I and mean, they don't throw him the ball, right? Well, he caught 20 passes last year in 13 games. That's oh, not. <laughs> wow, he caught 20 passes. Like, I, never mind. I, I stand corrected. Well, I, no, I mean, bad, right? it's what? not great for the day and age, but it's like 27, 28 over the full season as a rookie. I mean, that's. Right, but I mean, they have, uh, what's his face still there, and uh, they, they Jalen Richard they throw to, and then they even brought in like Lynn Bowden, whatnot. Yeah, they did. And it, it could cut into his uh, catches, but I mean, Josh Jacobs had 242 carries in 13 games last year as a rookie. He's the bell cow. He had 4.8 yards per carry. They have a very good offensive oh, line. for sure the bell cow running. And, and they, sure, I'm saying. I don't most think is hoping to get 200 carries. He's hoping to get 200. Josh Jacobs is hoping to get 300. Yeah. All right. Another guy, very, very questionable if he could stay healthy too, actually. So yeah, that, could, that one could help you too, Jacobs. Um, all right. Okay. Good stuff. Um, we, yeah, that's enough football, I'd say. Yeah, that's enough football. We, we talked to the death. Um, so what do you got? Anything else? Recommendations? Yeah, I stopped, right, just my usual recommendations. And I watched the documentary 13th. It's a Black Lives Matter. It's a very good documentary that I missed. I, when it I, recently seen, came I, out I saw 13 when it came out. 16. It was, it was, it was good. Um, Wind of Change, a really good documentary. I'm sorry, uh, podcast. It's a, it's interesting. It's not as good. Chuck Close from the greatest podcast ever. I wouldn't go that far. It's, I actually don't even think they conclude. Anyway, it's about if the CIA wrote a Scorpion song that ended the Cold War, and it's kind of convincing at times, but it's called Wind of Change, and if you're looking for a podcast. And then finally, TV show, uh, Rami on, on Hulu, season two. Uh, I watch a ton of TV, and I'm probably going to end up with that one on my top five list at the end of this year. Really good show, Rami on Hulu. Mar 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 Hish Mar Mareshala Holly. I forgot. Screw up his name. He's he's in this uh, joins the cast this season. It's really good. What about you, Liz? I don't have Mareshala any... Holly. How do you say his name? Sorry. Yeah, I don't. You know, I don't have Hulu. How many things you got? You know, I can't pay for like eight different channels. You know, we. It's a joke. I know it's a joke. It's it's, it's yeah. All these streaming services. It's it's a pain. You know, so we have HBO and Netflix and, and Amazon Prime. And Heather has Amazon Prime. I canceled it, but. One thing I'll say is you should point out to your Twitter, your your, your tweets. You you suggested people as far as, uh, as far as recommendations. You did a good recommendation of people you should be following on Twitter. Oh right. Uh, so I mean, I've talked to them before. Nassim Taleb, Glenn Greenwald, PD Mangan, this Jack, sixty-five year old who has excellent health stuff. This guy, the Wrath of Non G N O N. I didn't know that one. That's yeah, I did not know that one. He just he's into architecture and old architecture, and I I feel like if the whole world followed and subscribed to what that dude's talking about, like problem solved, like so much of the the disastrous just conditions that we have are from bad architecture, bad city planning, too many cars, too much alienation. He's, he really talks about, I mean, the pictures he has are beautiful all over the world, like cities and, and parts of cities that are made from like indigenous materials that are made for all the best, you know, cities and buildings were built 150, 200, 300, 500 years ago. And it's, it's, it's pathetic that like nowadays we can't even make something nice, that every building's a piece of shit that's meant to last 20 or 30 years. So I learned a lot from that guy, Wrath of Non, G-N-O-N. I also talked about the guy Kapil Gupta, who I quoted, and then... Uh, Who's my other guy? Is that five? That is five. That's five. That's all of them. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, I added the, the, the art one. I would say architecture. That, that, he, super interesting pictures like that. Yeah. yeah he tweets a lot, but uh, it, it does start to make an impression on you after a while. All right, man. Good shit. All right, good stuff. Let's... Yeah, good shit. Take it easy, dog. All right. Later, man. All right. Later.